0: Uh, tonight we're going to talk about repentance and faith, um, the path to breakthrough and blessing. I titled it this because this is—we're going to do this kind of in the context of my testimony. You're probably like, some of you are like, "Who is this guy sitting in front of you?" Um, I've known Brian for a long time, so there's some rapport here. But I wanted to tell you my story and what what the Lord has done in my life, um, not only historically but in recent days. Um, and, and what I've seen in his word and, and through experience that he has uh, done. And so this will be a testimony slash teaching. Um, let's jump into it. I are going to talk about repentance and faith. So let's talk about what, what that even means, right? What is what is the definition of repentance? Webster says repenting or being penitent, feeling of sorrow, especially wrongdoing. Um, I like Erdman's Bible dictionary better. A complete change of orientation involving a judgment upon past, um, upon the past and a deliberate redirection for the future. You guys can see it nice and big. I see it a little bit smaller here. Uh, forgive my uh, poor reading skills. We're talking about, about facing. We're talking about turning away when we talk about repentance. Picture in scripture, we see Isaiah as he sees the, uh, the Lord. I'm a man of unclean lips. He is turning away. He, he feels the weight of his sin in the midst of a holy God. Uh, Job, as he challenges God, and God responds, he, <laughs> he says, I, I had heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. It's, it's the feeling of our sinfulness in contrast with the holy God. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord when he was confronted by Nathan um, about his sin of Bathsheba, which he, was kept, in, which he kept hidden. I thought this was a unique uh, historical fact. I don't know if you guys knew about this, but the in in communist Romania, the Christians were actually uh, referred to referred to derogatorily as the repenters. And I, I thought that was a noble title and I would welcome that in my life. Who knows? Maybe we'll get the opportunity here in the States. So repentance and faith. Let's talk about faith. Webster says a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Well, let's let Scripture define it for us. Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. A couple pictures in Scripture of that. Abraham, he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Right, Believing what God says is true, his faith. And then we have David in the midst of the battle with the Philistines, specifically Goliath. He confronts Goliath. As a tiny man uh, amidst this giant and says you come to me with sword and with spear and with javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel who you who you have defied this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give it into our hand amen So, as we think about repentance and faith in our lives, we know that it's necessary for salvation, but I want to talk about repentance and faith as a style of life. I think every opportunity in our life is an opportunity to walk either in repentance and faith or to walk in sin. And. these are kind of the two paths and I'm going to actually contrast them as I think about and and share my testimony with you. And then as we look into the scriptures uh, for clarity on these things. So you've got the path of rebellion or relationship, of fear or faith, of darkness or light, bondage, victory, flesh, spirit, pride, humility. They could go on and on. You can apply it to your own life, but we're going to jump in and, and talk about how it relates to mine specifically. Starting with relationship, Versus rebellion. All right. So I grew up in the church, grew up assemblies of God. I was in church three times a week, whether I liked it or not. Um, I knew Christianese by the time I was three. In my threes, um, you know, I prayed the prayer, the prayer, a billion times in my life. I think. Um, yet I did not have any assurance of my salvation. Um, I remember coming upstairs on a Saturday morning when my family had like gone to a sporting event or something and nobody was in the house and I was just worried the rapture happened. I just knew it happened without me and then I wasn't, I wasn't saved. But I was somehow living this faith of my parents but only in just show, right? I didn't have any fruit and I didn't know the Bible well. I didn't, I didn't have uh, ears to hear, um, what the Bible said about a life with no fruit, right? And, and we, we know in, in Matthew seven that he says, a, a, a tree bears good fruit, right? Um, and so that's, I didn't know that. And I didn't have that fruit in my life, but I was trying to live the Christian life, the church life, um, just by doing all the things. I had the appearance of um, godliness without any of the power, right? And then I met this angry preacher some of you might know this guy he's a friend of mine so I can say that Um, but a friend of ours sent uh, sent a sermon over our way um, when I was 26 and you know when I was growing up in the church I was told that your your decision was based you know you had to hold fast to your decision and you were you know it was all about my my ability to hold on to God and all these kinds of things and he challenged, the, the sermon challenged that that thinking. And I remember Jenny, my wife, challenging me like, does that make you question your faith? I was like, no, because I had been taught it was all about my decision, it was all about me, you know, holding on and I couldn't bear the fact that I, you know, maybe wasn't a Christian, or wasn't bearing fruit. And I wrestled with that for a long time. And after a while, I was able to see that I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't bearing fruit. And while I was doing a lot of things that had the appearance of Christianity, I was not actually bearing fruit of a believer because I had never repented. And as I was really wrestling with this and, and listening to uh, more, this is Paul Washer, by the way, if you guys don't know who this is, um, more of Paul Washer's sermons, who uh, was really had the mantle of, of bringing you know, the true gospel back to the United States and, and really helping people kind of, um, you know, understand that this, this kind of heresy of uh, a believer that didn't have fruit in their life was, was false. And we needed to uh, repent and, and truly trust Christ and bear fruit as believers. And for the first time, I saw my sin for what it was. Uh, God opened my eyes to the mountain of sin that I had built up in my life. Um, as I witnessed a, a pure and holy God, a, a way bigger God that I had, than I had ever seen in my life, I saw, I felt like Isaiah. I felt like Job. I felt like someone who had sinned before a holy God. And at the time, I was running on the treadmill and I literally about slammed back into the wall I had to get off, and for the first time in my life, got on my knees and truly repented before the Lord and turned away from my sin. The cross became beautiful as I saw what Jesus actually died for, why he actually had to die, that he died under the wrath of God. And not just, this wasn't just a Bible story anymore. This wasn't just you know some arbitrary thing. This was the perfect plan of God's redemption throughout history. The gospel of Jesus Christ where a holy, perfect God created the earth and created man in his image. Right? Adam and Eve created them in his image. Gave them a few simple rules, right? Gave them all this blessing and a few simple rules. And they chose to disobey because they were deceived by Satan. And they they disobeyed and they fell. And when sin sin came into the world, death came into the world, and the wages of sin is death. Right? And so we, as humans, are born into sin. We deserve death and hell. Just in our birth. And only through the finished work of Christ on the cross. So Jesus came to live the perfect life that we could not live. And to die the perfect death on the cross for our sin. That our sin was transferred to Him on the cross. And in in return, we get his righteousness, his perfection. The beauty of the great exchange. And I believed it. I still believe it. <laughs> um, yeah. If you don't, if you haven't heard that before, if you don't know the gospel completely, come talk to me afterwards, and we'll we'll go deeper in that. Um, <clears throat> this is the most important part of the. Uh, presentation so I talked about the appearance of godliness so as we think about relationship versus rebellion I want you all to to think about how you're living what path are you on are you on the path of relationship or are you on the path are you still in rebellion are you still dead in your transgressions and sins are you still suffering the consequences of a broken world the wages of sin being death. Second Timothy 3.5 says, Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. This is who I was before Christ. I grew up in the church. I was looking like a godly person. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Matthew 23.37, um, talking to the Pharisees, he said, For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. So the point of breakthrough here is to examine yourself, to see whether you're in the faith, to test yourself. This is important for us to not just assume that everybody who is going to church or part of this, not church, um, you know, is, knows the gospel and is, is a believer. Okay? This, these are a few verses in, uh, in 1 John 2 that are a good test. To, to test the fruit in your life and to see what's there. And the blessing that comes as we do trust in Christ is John 3.16, which everybody can quote, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we're going to end each of these kind of sections with the idea of repent and And believe. Um, and so this is a call to, to repent of a life of rebellion and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to read this to you, but I'm going to leave it here for a moment. At the end of each one of these sections, I really want us to kind of meditate and see where what God might do in our hearts and might call us to repentance. So, so each of you, take a moment to consider the path that you're on. Are you on the path of rebellion or are you on the path of relationship with the Lord? If you're walking in the path of rebellion, the path leads to death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because 2 Corinthians says, He made he who knew no sin to be sin for us that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. If you haven't done that yet, repent of the life of rebellion and believe the Gospel. Choose to walk in faith in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Choose to walk with a Biblical foundation in your life. Choose to walk in the spiritual disciplines and bear fruit. All right. Faith versus fear. We're going to talk about false identity. When I talk about fear, I'm talking about fear of man. I'm talking about fear as a general concept. But I want to talk about fear of man because this is my life before you. And there's actually a few more stages in there. That's about Toby Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I lived much of my life, even after I was saved, being a in the fear of man trying to please others trying to perform for others trying to be something for others having my identity in something other than christ so achiever guy was basically my whole childhood now i chose that picture just because it was funny and relevant for this that was when i won the uh, barbecue competition people's choice award what's up all right Athlete guy, music guy, husband, designer, father, connoisseur guy that was in the scotch and cigar phase, theology guy, country guy, crypto guy, political guy, truth guy. All of these, plus like a thousand more, were these things that I put, I made as part of my identity. I wanted to be known as these things. I wanted to be cool in the eyes of others with this as my identity. But all that resulted in was exhausted guy. This is after running through the airport uh, during COVID. (laughs) By the way, um, I thought it was perfect picture of exhausted guy living for others. Living in the fear of man is exhausting and it it never bears fruit. So talking about faith versus fear, performance. Whatever you do, work heartily as work as though for the Lord and not for men. This was a hard lesson for me. Still, still learning it, by the way. Oh shoot, my things aren't loading correctly. All right. I, I took I took verses and I tried to like break them up a little bit so you could kind of see like what part of that was faith versus fear. Um, that's what's happening in those lines. I imported this thing into Brian's computer. That's what you get. Okay. People-pleasing, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10. ten. First Thessalonians 2.4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. How about walking in wisdom? Are you trusting yourself or the Lord? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So the breakthrough is this. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. If we can learn that, to walk not in fear, but in faith, we find the blessing of Romans 8, 15 through 17. For you did not From fear and unbelief. And to believe and walk in faith. I want you just to take a a moment and ask God to bring to mind any areas of your life where you're walking in fear and unbelief. And false identity and anxiety and worry or control. And just confess it to Him. Receive His forgiveness and, and turn away from it. And then believe. Walk in faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Brian hit that one the other night. And then just that identity as a child of God, Romans 8.16 The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Children of the Most High King. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Walking in light versus darkness. You guys heard of the best truth in Ethiopia. So we have three kids adopted from Ethiopia. We spent some time in Ethiopia. They have this thing called the best truth. And when you were working with somebody local there, they, this wasn't true with everybody, but this idea of like, they want to tell you the best truth, right? So you ask them like, how long is it going to take to fix my car? a couple hours. That may, that may could mean three weeks. They want to tell you the best truth though, right? It wasn't the truth at all. It was, it was what you wanted to hear, tickling your ears, whatever. It was not the actual truth. (laughs) This is how I lived most of my youth. I was a, a hypocrite times a thousand. I was playing church, like I, like I told you guys earlier. Um, you know, I, I'd go to campus life in high school, which is a Christian organization. And then you know, I wouldn't live like a Christian at all. I'd go to youth group at church, not live like a Christian at all. Even in college, I was leading worship at FCA and then I was heading to the clubs right after. I think the kids call it club in these days. I was even like pretending to be like a chivalrous man um, or, or like doing what I thought people should, you know, how women should be treated like kind of in public. But I was a womanizer in my heart and and on the side. I was even in a Christian rock band. Some of you may have witnessed those days. Um, But I was steeped in personal sin. All of these were happening prior to me coming to to Christ, truly. Um, But I was... Yeah, that was my life. And even when God saved me, I had this... I had developed so much of this hidden life mechanism that it was second nature to me, right? My, my subconscious, my autopilot response was to give you the best truth always, to always put my best foot forward. And so what happened was my secret life got got deeper and darker and, and more hidden, right? As sin got worse, my, I, I hid my flaws, kept hiding them, kept hiding them, kept showing you the the goods here, hiding, hiding, hiding. i telling half truth, basically all the time, um, lying about everything. Like, always, you know, just giving the bare minimum of truth so I could feel like I told the truth, but not not walking in the light at all. Um, When I was saved, when I came to Christ, this this did stop for a time. Um, But as I as I started to sin again or as I would, you know, fail or, or whatever, um, my, my second nature to just, to just hide it came back and I, I didn't, I didn't live out in the open. Um, so I, I continued to, to build that, that hidden life and what came from that then was shame. And so all of these re- are results of, of living in the darkness. Um, This is a way to fight shame. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Darkness, light. Guilt. Psalm 32, 3-4. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me my strength was dried up as the heat of the summer as by the heat of the summer i acknowledged my sin to you and it and i did not cover my iniquity i said i will confess my transgressions to the lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin the breakthrough is here confession he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. This took me a long, long, long life to, to learn this. Here's the blessing. First John one six. If we say we have fellowship with him while we are in, in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen? If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and the Word is not in us. Are you walking in the light or in darkness? If you're walking in darkness, repent of the hidden life of sin. Ask God to bring to mind any sin you've kept hidden in your life, including sins committed to try to keep it all hidden. Confess it all to God. And then ask God to bring to mind people you need to confess sin to or be reconciled to. It's a hard, it's, it's a hard one. If you have a hidden life, this is a hard one. But if you'll repent and you'll believe and walk in the light, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That is not Proverbs 3 5. Yep, I didn't paste that part in yet. <laughs> Fact check us. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, I knew it wasn't that. I looked right at it. Um, so embrace, embrace that truth and choose to walk in community and walk in love. Get some trusted people around you that you can be fully transparent with that are going to be a help to you. That's the blessing of community. Speaking of community, I meant to say this at the beginning, but I want to say this now You guys, I've been so blessed being here. Um, When I saw the love that this group, when you guys came together for Eden's wedding, I just saw so much love and community. Just this beautiful picture of like the New Testament church. I know it's not a church. (laughs) <laughs> beautiful picture of the church, which is guess what, the people, right? But such a display of love and care, and man, beautiful. I I meant to say that earlier, but that is what living in community is. And so, if you're walking in in darkness, come into the light and let this community um, pray for you and. And that you may be healed. Do it. All right. Walking in victory versus walking in bondage. So, this is me for the better part of my life. Let's just say this Grown up. I'm definitely a mouth breather, definitely snore. you can ask my wife. Um, no. I I grew up with zero understanding of the battle that was raging around me. I, you know, I didn't I thought counseling was for lunatics, I thought deliverance was wasn't relevant for Christians. I uh I only had vague ideas of, of spiritual warfare or anything like this. My experience of spiritual warfare was actually um Based in uh, late '80s, early '90s Christian rap. So uh, I was gonna do one for you, but um... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I was gonna actually play one, and I forgot to. Well, we can maybe play it later. It's it's pretty epic. Um, but I, li- I lived half my battle unaware, or half of my life, more than half my life, unaware that there was this spiritual battle raging around me. And, and I struggled with sin through, like, my whole life, basically. And even after I was saved, and, and I told you I got better, still, still struggled, I couldn't understand why I was, you know, living in these struggles, like, persistently in my life, even when I was trying to be obedient. But 2020 woke me up. Anybody else wake up in 2020? Couple? I woke woke my family up. That's why they raised my their hand. Um, COVID. Yeah, COVID. Gross. Um, Shoot. Are we going to get banned on the whole thing if I even say that? Um, COVID started me on a journey. Um, Wasn't on the best journey. But it was on a journey to find out what was going on in the world. Right? Because, you know, we were like initially kind of, you know, not worried, but like, you know, like trying to find information like everybody was, right? But what I saw was just loads of false information and and lots of manipulation and and all sorts of stuff, fear-mongering and the whole thing. I mean, you guys were there, right? Um, And I saw so many people being (laughs) deceived. And I was like, what is going on? And so I went down like a hundred conspiracy rabbit holes. Sorry I missed last night, by the way. It would have been a good sign. Um, got a whole, got a whole hard drive full of stuff if you want to go. Um, only partially kidding. Um, but as I, as I learned about some of the things that were going on in the world and, and some of the things that had gone on in the world and, and history and, and all these things, there's just this cognitive dissonance going on. Like I couldn't believe. But this was the reality, I was it wasn't consistent with how I'd lived my whole life. I lived my whole life relying on the systems of man. Government, education system, medical system, financial system, all these things. Right? And I had I didn't even realize how much faith and trust I was putting in these systems. Like basically all of my trust. And and so that that cognitive dissonance was really hard to push through. But once I pushed through and started to see all of these things, I was like, oh my gosh, like I lost faith in like everything. And I was very worried that I was going to lose faith in God and, and like lose all my faith. But when I really, when I was able to track things back to the source and, and all of these things, I found everything traced back to the garden right back to the Garden of Eden, that, that this deception <coughs> has been taking place since Satan said, did God really say to Eve? And that began the whole world of conspiracy that we live in. <laughs> well, that got me in the fight, okay? Now, I didn't look this epic, but we'll go with it anyways, all right? Um, I'm just thankful to the Lord for keeping me during this journey because it was it could have been an easy like I could have fell off for sure um, but as I was losing faith in systems around me um, it was good um, you know and, and I, I started to, to realize that like what we're we saying tonight Christ is a cornerstone like the, the Bible is the, is the only place to go for truth like I needed these things I was desperate for these things for like the first time in my life I was desperate to pray I was desperate for God's word, for truth, to know what, what what is true and what is really how things work. Um, you know, I didn't really realize, um, yeah, just, you know, all, all how much I had, how much faith I had put in all those, those systems. But I, I learned about how, my decisions were affecting those around me, um, my kids especially, and how the things that I had let into our life were affecting us. The things we were watching, listening to, the things we were reading, um, whatever it was. Um, we had let a bunch of darkness into our home. I had let a bunch of darkness into my life. And It just felt like, well, that's just kind of how this culture is. And we're just all like enjoying these shows because everybody's talking about them online and we're, you know, reading these books because the whole world says they're good or we're doing this and that and all the kids need to have these things and that things and whatnot. We had the enemy in our camp and we were just hoping he didn't kill us in our sleep. So. Everything needed to go <laughs> now. I, I think there's, you know, I, I, I hesitate to get too specific because I think, but, but I do believe there's like, you know, specific things to be weary of. And, and what I'm talking about is things pertaining to witchcraft, th- things that have, you know, the, the, the magic and, and all of these kinds of things in, in them. Um, you know, things that portray evil as good. There was, there's so much of that in our culture. That's prophetic. All right. So, this is what I needed. So what I realized is not only had I let stuff into our house, but I had let stuff into my own life, and I had become demonized. Now, that might sound weird, but when we participate with evil, we open ourselves up. We make ourselves vulnerable for demonic influence. As God revealed the truth in my life and exposed some things that were holding me back, I prayed prayers of deliverance. I cast demons out of myself. I had people praying over me that that cast uh, spirits out of me, away from me, off me, however we want to use it. I don't know. I don't know the whole intricacies of how all this works, but I know that I experienced freedom and that spiritual warfare is real. When I, when I submitted to myself to the Lord, when I repented of my sins, demons left and freedom came. As I was obedient to clean out our home, freedom came. To me, to our home, to my family, we, we, we tried to remove as many things as we could think of that God would bring to mind. Books, movies, music, any questionable objects, all these things that would create any kind of stronghold in our life. And we literally prayed through the, every room in the house and prayed everything out, out of our house. And the result was freedom. And my desire for the Lord grew as a result. This is the battle for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You're in the midst of a battle. Be sober. Be, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. What footholds, strongholds, open doors, and call them a hundred things, do you have in your life? Ephesians 4:26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, when you are sorry. While you are still, still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Here are some potential open doors for demonization or for welcoming demonic influence in your life. some of them are involuntary through emotional, physical trauma, hypnosis, generational iniquity. Hypnosis could be voluntary or involuntary Um, or voluntary things. This is unbelief, rejection of truth, resentment, unforgiveness, occult practices, habitual sin, and any sin could be habitual, illicit entertainment, this is not an exhaustive list, but think about where there might be open doors in your life. Where are you participating with evil? Colossians 2.8 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. We see example in the scriptures in 1 Samuel 28, Saul and the medium. That's not the size of his shirt. This is a witch we're talking about. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul re- inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek, a- seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. Now, <clears throat> this is just a sampling The whole story is, you can read it in in 1 Samuel 28, but you see, Saul was God's chosen man. He was hearing from the Lord. He was following the Lord. But when he disobeyed and didn't deal with the Amalekites the way that he was supposed to, Amalekites, right? Um, (laughs) God stopped speaking to him. And then he said, okay, well, I'll do it in my own strength here. (coughs) So he goes and participates with the evil and, and goes to this medium. This is the same thing that I see happening in the American church. And probably churches everywhere. We don't experience the power of God, so we try to manifest it. We, we don't... The Holy Spirit is not moving in the body, so we go ahead and we create systems and we try to do all these things in our own strength because we're in an affluent culture and we can do lots of things with lights and smoke and sound and make a whole thing happen. And we can, you know, organize ourselves into great little things and we can control things and make things do exactly what we want them to do. We can impose our will on just about anything. I want to talk about possessed or oppressed. There's there's probably some questions on that um, we don't need to go like deep into this and we can talk about it later or argue about it whatever we want to do um, but the the actual translation in the Greek is demonization actually demonized and so there's not a, a specific distinction in the scriptures between demonic possession or oppression it's, it's to be demonized which is to have a demon and so that's how um, that's how I like to think about it and so you know the 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 details of that Maybe aren't as important as like how they get in and how they how to get them out. In Acts nineteen, um, I actually may read this read this whole one here. Start in what? Start in yeah. Sons of Sceba, if you want to turn to. To Acts 19.11, you can follow along here. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and, or aprons that touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus that Paul proclaims. Seven sons of Jewish high priests named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, "Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize. But who are you?" As my father-in-law says, "Who the heck are you?" <laughs> and the man whom was the, was the evil, <laughs> the man in whom the evil spirit uh, was the evil spirit leapt on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. That's pretty embarrassing. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greek, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord was extolled. Also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. I told you guys I can't read very good. All right. I want you to see that, that power once, once they all... Not, not only the, the, the possession and how Paul, you know, and, and when he's working the gospel, you know, is, is uh, defeating the demonic and, and demons are being cast out and people are being delivered... But what happens when people repent, when people stop participating with evil? That's the, that's the thing that I want you to see from this. Is that, you know, people had all of these, these magic arts and, and these, you know, basically witchcraft uh, memorabilia in their lives. And they came and, and burned it, they got rid of it. They were willing to part with all of this. And the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily because of that it's pretty awesome testimony when we put off the evil and we we trust in the Lord so the breakthrough is in our repentance I will ponder the way that is blameless I will walk with integrity of heart within my house I will not set my eyes before anything I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless I hate the work of those who fall away It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning, I will destroy all the wicked in the land. If we took this approach with our house, our houses, men especially, let's think about how we lead our homes. What kind of breakthrough would we experience? Uh. All right, um, all right. There's blessing in that as well. Okay. Um, I just want you to. <laughs> does it? Does it? You got all night. Does it need to be done at seven thirty for Seva? No. Is Geez, five. That Brian yeah. on time? There's a bounce house to sell. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you might be winning a foosball <laughs> now. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So just repent participate with evil ask God to bring in mind any unconfessed sin resentment or unforgiveness involvement in occult practices Um, confess it receive his forgiveness turn away from it all and close all those doors and then believe submit yourself to the Lord and put on your armor put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil so commit to daily repentance of sin clean your house Commit to daily submission to the Lord and putting on the armor. All right. I have some resources for that too that I can share later. Um, just so you know, I know there's probably some questions in a lot of that. Um, so, we walk in spirit or in flesh. So, with that freedom, that deliverance, as I cast off all these chains, I have. a whole new desires. It it, it was what I felt as a new believer. Just this like on fire passion for the Lord. Like I'll go anywhere, do anything, ends of the earth. What is it Lord? Like give it to me. And there was just something stirring like deep in me, right? And as you know, as we had gone through a lot of this spiritual warfare stuff and and learning, um, I had found a number of of uh, pastors and, and teachers that, that were really helpful in helping me understand um, all this and how it worked. Um, and Derek Prince was one of those guys. Um, I just listened to him today. To today. All right, good deal. I was like, we were talking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the cool thing is, um, Derek Prince is a lot like, um, my, he was a lot like my pastor growing up. So I grew up with somebody's a God. I grew up in a charismatic world, um, and I, it didn't feel weird. It didn't feel like, it was not like crazy. There was not like people jumping around and running crazy. But there was tongues and interpretation every week. There was prophecy happening. There was praying for healing. There was anointing with oil. There was, you know, all of these gifts being exercised. But when I would go to youth camps or youth retreats and things like that, I really saw those things being used to manipulate people. And so I ran far away from all of that. But as I was learning from Derek Prince on spiritual warfare, he was also talking about the Holy Spirit and how how we interact with the Holy Spirit as a person. And I was like, you know, I don't ever really think of the Holy Spirit as a person. You know, you think God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Spirit is kind of this ethereal thing that blows around, right? Um, and so I didn't really have a, felt like I had a relationship with the Holy Spirit or anything like that. It was just like, you know, it's part of the deal, I guess, you know, so whatever. Um, well, I, because I had been so helped by Derek Prince, I bought a bunch of his books and stuff. And one of them was this immersion of the Spirit because I was thinking about, you know, what he had said about the Holy Spirit. And I saw this book one Sabbath. I just put all these little booklets out for our family, just to be able to read and stuff, and I pulled it out and I started reading it and read through it. It's a really really short book, and um, you know, he's talking about the the Holy Spirit as the seal of the believer and and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all these different things. And I don't know all the details about how that happens, but I do know that at the end of this book, he said, um, you know, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like you know, just confess your sin before the Lord, ask the Lord to fill you to overflowing and like speak out in faith. And I was like, Oh, that kind of sounds weird and scary. And, um, so I went out for a walk. This is me walking. It's not really, I was barefoot in the grass, but this is as close as we could get. Um, and I just, I said, Lord, I don't know what this is. I, I, I just want more of you. I know that my desire is for more of you. And I, whatever this means, like fill me to overflowing, and I just want more of you. Fill me to overflowing, Lord. And and I spoke out, and this language came that I had never heard before. Um, and I'm sure there's some skeptics in the room. I would be one of them, for sure. Um, as I started speaking, it kept coming, and it was coming really, really fast. And I would pause and say, like, am I making this up? Uh, keep talking. Am I stop am I making this up what is is this real what is this and it for about 45 minutes like I was just walking in my yard like speaking this language um, which I would consider like a prayer language this is not like a public tongue thing for like a group like this but like uh, a, a personal prayer language um, and Suddenly Jenny comes out the door and she's like, what are you doing? And my dog comes hauling out of the, of the house, like full speed at me, like he'd never seen me in his life. So there was something around me, something going on that looked different to him. Um, and that's exciting. So I just, that's just kind of a little, uh, piece of the story. But I was just, you know, what happened? Lord, what was that? What is this? You know, I needed some understanding. Um, You know, I I, like I said, I saw the gifts kind of like used to manipulate and things. And I was really hesitant to walk in whatever this was. Um, I knew some other people who had experienced that. So I was talking to them about it and trying to make sure that everything I was doing was biblical. And, you know, all this kind of stuff, just wanting to be just wanting to be right before the Lord and not, you know, not anything more than that. Um, but the Lord continued to to give that, and, and um, it's it's basically a thing that's always there now, and it and it feels to me like a muscle that I have to just exercise. It's a gift, um, and I talk about it not in pride, but to let other people know there's something there if you you know want to seek that out. I don't know if it's for everybody. could be, I don't know. There's people that say it is, people that say that it isn't, I don't know. But <laughs> I'll tell you what I don't know, and it's a lot. All right, um, but when, when this happened and, and when I pray in the Spirit, there is a closeness with the Lord that I feel that I've never felt before. And I, I'm just really thankful for it and I, I think it's something worth um, pursuing. Another thing that Derek Prince helped me uh, look at was like it's actually part also of the the armor of God passage. Just pray in the spirit at all times is verse eight in in Ephesians six there. Verse eight. Um, So that's that's an interesting piece of that. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip this. I was gonna talk about the triune self and the tabernacle and the body and soul and spirit. There's, there's things that are important to this as far as being led by the spirit and being led by your body. Um, I, I'm gonna just do these two pieces. I apologize. So as we think about our body and the spirit, the the spirit is where the Holy Spirit resides. The flesh is the flesh It's fallen. you know it's being sanctified but it's it's fallen nonetheless less and so we don't want to li- be led by our bodies right let let sin let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions um romans thirteen fourteen. 14 we'll put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify gratify its desires this is the picture of addiction if you've ever been in addiction or are in addiction you are led by your body i had addiction a number of addictions Um, I was led by my body in those areas and there was no hope to be spirit-led on a regular basis to be led by the spirit is different for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit All right, there's some soul stuff here too. <laughs> so I'm going to, um, yeah. The blessing here is, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And then Luke eleven thirteen, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, we talked about walking in the flesh, walking in the Spirit. Repent if you're walking in the flesh. Repent of walking in the flesh. Ask God to show you areas of life where you're making provisions for the flesh. Perhaps areas where your mind is set on earthly things and ways in which you are hindering the work of the spirit in your life confess it all receive his forgiveness and then believe and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts 1 Corinthians 12:31 but earnestly desire the higher gifts i will show you and i will show you a still more excellent way mm-hmm. commit to daily starving the flesh and setting your mind on the spirit all right lastly walking in humility versus pride so through the deliverance uh, that I experienced and and you know th- these these th- this gift of tongues came and it, it it really opened my eyes to a pursuit of the Lord in a way that I had never experienced before and so I just wanted more of him whatever it was Lord give me more um, not like more gifts but just like more of you Right, like we can't pursue a thing we have to pursue the Lord he's the giver of gifts though and so um, I was meeting with my counselor at the time and we were praying you know for, for the Lord to you know whatever we were thanking the Lord for, for that gift and and you know just trying to work through anything else that was there and and you know Lord reveal what else might be hindering and we were asking the Lord to like show us, something let us see something speak to us Um, and I couldn't see anything and my counselor was was seeing certain things and and I wasn't able to see anything and um, they said you know let's let's pray and ask the Lord if if there's something blocking that Um, and the Lord revealed a, a, a spirit that was blocking it and we cast it off in that moment and I started to see um, you know and I'm I'm a visual person I'm a, a designer, graphic designer and, I, and so I can like visualize things and at that moment I could see nothing I could see black but then as this was cast off as the Lord opened my eyes I started to see something and so I saw this mountain with a ledge and I was like rising up to it and then I was on the ledge I don't know if you guys can see that yeah and, and the question came, will you step out in faith? And hesitantly I said yes because I'd experienced this with the Lord. And so I, yeah, second second one there. And so I, this is a really rough drawing. <laughs> um, so I, I step off the cliff, or off the ledge, and I just am fumbling and, and spinning and, and tumbling out of control. The most out of control I've ever felt in my life. And then I landed, boom! On this like most firm foundation I've ever felt in my life and it was like this like epic superhero landing <laughs> yeah that's the no that's the cracks in the land that's that's the knee down like this all right that's what's going on there um, but I, I experienced this in, in my mind not like you know I wasn't flying around or anything like that but I experienced this in my mind and it was weird and I was like, did I make that up? What, what was that? And so, but my counselor saw the same thing at the exact same time. And um, I was like, okay, <laughs> well that doesn't normally happen. So, so I, 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 I'm like, Lord, whatever this is, I'm here for it. Like, this is cool. I feel you like I, I'm, I feel close to you in the midst of this like I'm I'm all in let's do this and so I just like started pursuing the Lord in prayer and asking for more of whatever he wanted to do and so I'll tell you this story and I, I don't have many more of these um, <clears throat> but the top see they're numbered one two three um, these are out of my journal So there's a tower and I'm sitting on the top of the tower and then I come down, I'm walking down the tower along a path, that middle part to a pool. And then I'm back up at the top right there, number five. And it's just this deep pool, right? None of the stuff below there was, was there yet. So I go back and I ask the Lord, like, what is this? You know, I just drew what I saw. I ask him like, what, what is this? And I start to label things as he brings to mind certain things. And these labels soon became almost commands, right? Or an invitation. So this tower was me climbing, striving, trusting self, control. It was my tower of knowledge, knowing about God, knowing a lot of things about God, and and looking down on others even with my theological prowess but then this became a command to come down from your tower to follow the path I've set up. up up a pool deep jump in dive in immerse yourself trust me go deep I will provide the air explore the depths of my love experience me like never before and I I wrote all this and I I didn't make it up. <laughs> and I don't know how this all works. Uh, I don't have a lot of answers for you, but I know that there is something. Um, the Lord was leading that to happen. And so as I was thinking about it more throughout that day, he then continued the vision of me basically like, so that's like diving in. You kind of got to have to turn it sideways, but like diving down and breaking through these thresholds of like, keep going, keep swimming, keep diving deeper, and then down is up. So I like could come up through there and like kind of like end on the top or the bottom. And if you know about God's economy, right? Like up is down, down is up. Um, First shall be last, last shall be first, kind of a deal. Um, And it was just, it was just this really cool confirmation of like, a closeness with the lord and and him like able to communicate through ways that i've never experienced before and you know again you know, with anything like this you're like you want to test the spirits right test what you're hearing test what it is right like is this of the lord is it consistent with scripture all of that stuff like um, but don't despise prophecy, is what the Bible says, and so I think that's an important thing to to consider. Um, and then I was reading a book on, on like how to kind of understand what I was what I was learning, and and was just asking the Lord for clarity, and and really just like saying like whatever this is, the Lord, like I'm I'm here for it, like I'm I'm open, whatever it is, like. If you if this is all it ever is and and just you know you're not going to speak anymore like that's enough like i love i love this i love you like i'd and the the humility piece came like just as i was reading um this book on like it's literally called the beginner's guide to prophecy it's like like how we should pursue these kinds of gifts in the new testament specifically um and there's a different view of prophecy in New Testament and Old Testament uh, I don't think I have time to touch on that, but we could talk about it later. Um, but I said, Lord like whatever this is I want I, I want to like do whatever you want with it And I saw this picture of like this stairwell um, and I was like going up it and then that stairwell became a plane that then became a rocket that then went through like. <laughs> the firmament <laughs> um, and not only was this like an encouragement to the Lord of the Lord saying like this is this like don't limit me like I can take you wherever I want to take you and notice like you are here is like you're like at the beginning um, but like also I'm gonna like I, I can I have humor too, like you know this whole uh, thing so anyways I want, I want to encourage you um, to humble yourself before the Lord and, and hear from Him. That He might... I think He is speaking. Can we hear Him? Are we humble enough to hear Him when He speaks? Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 1 Corinthians 8.1 Are we prayerless people? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Jeremiah 33.3 3, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. <coughs> Listen. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. In John In John 12. God spoke. And some people didn't hear it. Now is my soul troubled? And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, Jesus said. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify Your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And the crowd that stood there and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to Him. So, are you ready to hear when the Lord speaks? And I think as, it, as, it, as you think about spiritual gifts, um, this isn't a whole talk on spiritual gifts, but it's part of the testimony, so I'll, I'll encourage you with it. Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14.1 What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation? Let all things be done for building up for you for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all be encouraged. It's first Corinthians 14: 26 and 31 in Acts we see the spirit being poured out on all believers. we see the prophethood of all believers here. but this is what so this is Peter's sermon at Pentecost right Did I say that already? James 4 6 God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble are we humbling ourselves before the Lord and listening Psalm 139 23 and 24 search me O God and know my heart try me and know my thoughts see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting and the blessing to be a friend of God. John 15, 15, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. And then not John 15, 15. <laughs> Somewhere other than John 15. Somewhere other than John 15. Now Moses was a very humble man. This is Numbers 13. or 13.3? Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And so what does it say about him in James 2.23? And the scripture was fulfilled that that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. I want to be called a friend of God. So lastly, repent of walking in pride. Ask God to show you where you're pursuing knowledge over relationship. Do you know about God or do you know God? That was that was me. I knew a lot about God, but I did not know God. Do you have prayerlessness in your life? Any other ways that you're walking in pride? Rebellion towards the Lord? Confess it all, receive his forgiveness, and then believe and declare your dependence on the Lord. Get in community like we talked about already. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Search me, O God. Commit to daily declaring your dependence upon him, sitting and listening for him, communing with him. Does God have your time? Does he have your attention? Or are you too busy? I think Sabbath is another way we declare our dependence upon the Lord. Sleep and Sabbath. So I'll leave you with the two paths. Which way will you walk? Brian, you want to close us in prayer?